Hello everyone, welcome back to Duel of the Tanks. Um, I'm excited for this. We haven't done this format in months, it feels like. Months and months, eons of sorts. Um, we are doing another Kill Fuck Mary with the little wheel. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we are joined by a member of the M2J2 project, uh, Mike Speranzo. Hey, what's going on? Are you excited to talk about uh, some uh, Marvel villains? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, as much as anyone could be talk about a marvel villain. true i'm excited for this format so the way it works we all randomly get assigned three marvel villains and then uh we have to decide whether we would uh kill fuck or marry them if you think about it it's kind of just separating them into three tiers great villains good villains and bad villains you, you can look at it however you want <laughs> but uh this should be a lot of fun and uh it's one that we don't take too seriously. At the end, we will be ranking all of these Marvel villains from best to worst, and that little uh, kill, fuck, marry element makes it very chaotic. Um, who wants to do the honors of going first? Me. Oh, Alden will go first. Alden's going first. <laughs> all right, Alden. Your first Marvel villain is... All right, Killmonger, I see you. Nice, nice. Nice. Your second Marvel villain is... Malachis. Cool. And your third Marvel <laughs> villain for this round is Zemo. Okay, so you're working with Zemo, Killmonger, and Malakith. Kill fucking Mary. Let's hear it. Which one's Malakith? <laughs> I'm killing Malakith. Malakith is from Thor 2 Dark World. Oh. He's uh, played by um, Christopher Eccleston, I believe. He yeah. looks like George Washington. <laughs> Malakith got killed. All right. Yeah, I think I'm marrying Zemo and uh, fucking Killmonger. Epic. Whoa. He's got all those little bumps and scars. It sounds like it's going to be oddly textured. <laughs> be a good time, but a nightmare, like, textilely. <laughs> I mean, if you want someone big and strong who can throw you off of a cliff, I feel like Killmonger's your guy. True. I mean, Zemo will take you to some cool clubs, and you'll have to pretend to like a uh, disgusting shot. That's fine, though. I mean, isn't he, like, Eastern European? I'm pretty sure he just shoots vodka. What's he drinking the show? Sam Wilson in the show has to go disguised as some villain, and he... What's in the shot, Alden? I don't even remember. I don't know. It looked disgusting. I love that the official Marvel YouTube page, like, added, like, a like an hour-long clip of Zemo dancing that was, like, a shitty loop. <laughs> <laughs> like, the week after that episode, episode premiered. I love Daniel Brule. Uh, he's, like, probably my favorite part of... Uh, uh, what's that movie? Cloverfield Paradox? Yeah, hit that one. <laughs> He's cool as, uh, Nicky Lauda as well. I'm happy to see him in, uh, in the, in the MCU moving forward. Hopefully they do more with him. I like when he's playing, like, a villain and pinning people against each other as opposed to, like, part of the team, but who knows? I don't think you'll see him as a villain again. Oh, is he dead now? No, I, I just, it's just people, like, the the Marvel curse is that the minute someone simps over you, you're suddenly like a weird, oh, like quirky sort of hero sort of villain. That's what happened with Loki, and it happened with him, as well. That's true. the 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 reception on him was too positive as a sort of friend, part of the team character that he's not going back. Damn, that's unfortunate. I love Marvel's decisions. Uh, Josh, you want to go next? Sure. All right. Your first Marvel villain is none other than. Yellow Jacket. Oh, nice. Your next villain is Loki. <laughs> okay. And uh, you got Yellow Jacket, Loki, and your third and final MCU villain for this round is none other than 
Red Skull. Okay. The design of Yellow Jacket's suit, but that's really about it. I think I gotta kill him. You're killing Yellow Jacket? This might be a hot take, but Red Skull is the villain of one of my favorite MCU movies, and I wish we got more of Red Skull, and I think he's underrated in this universe. I'm gonna marry Red Skull. Ooh, wow. And Loki's getting fucked. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, yeah, Marvel villains that kind of turned hero and never went back to being villains. There he is. The redeemed himself. Yeah, there he goes. I think right where he should be. I mean, he was the villain of the first Avengers movie. That's kind of a big deal. It is. He committed ass murder. They kind of make that movie as a joke in the universe now. I remember that scene in Endgame where Rocket made fun of that's the weakest army ever. I... It's weird how that universe now, like, views the events of the first Avengers movie. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also weird that they're bringing back stuff, like, all the way from the beginning of Phase 1 in Shang-Chi. Like, you have uh, Abomination coming back, and then they also have the fake Mandarin coming back from, like, Iron Man 3, which is, like, the red-headed stepchild of this franchise. It's, it's very weird how they're bringing stuff like that back in, a, uh, in, a, in the same world where they look at Avengers 2012 as a meme true you know it'd be really funny if like the deadpool 3 teaser trailer or whatever that's gonna end up being since marvel confirmed that they're bringing ryan reynolds back for a third deadpool movie it'd be really funny if it was just like a trailer reaction to him watching the original avengers trailer because we've joked about it many times on the show now it's really fucking bad it has like some rip-off nickelback song in it it's it's a product of like 2005 and not 2012 <laughs> true mike go back and watch that trailer it's such a meme i will all right mike you ready to go yeah i am i'm ready your first mcu villain to either kill fuck or marry is ooh, the newest one i think technically ju wenwu from uh shang chi the movie mike hasn't seen <laughs> me neither <laughs> uh i got i gotta be vague enough to talk about this villain that <laughs> like i watched it you also got Cassilius from uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen, right? Yep. What a waste. I mean, he's coming back in Doctor Strange 2. Really? Oh, good. And Ghost from, uh, is this Ant-Man and the Wasp? I, I think I'm going to get this out of the way first, and that's that my obvious favorite of the three has to go to Mads. You know, of course it does. Also, I... I'm an ardent defender of Doctor Strange. I think it is one of if one of the like best MCU movies that there is. It's top three. I think it's in our top five in the official MCU rankings, right? It's so good. Yes, it was my number six, and it made uh, number five, I think. Yeah, I think it was my number six also. With uh, with Ghost, though, I think Ghost has to go into... Um, Ghost's whole thing was very nothing to me. I mean, like, there's stuff there for sure. Another waste. I think it really got hit by the why does this why did this movie get made at this time? You know, um, Ant Man the Wasp felt like an afterthought. Like it felt like they got to that point in the thing and said, Oh shit, what about him? <laughs> Forgot that he was on house arrest or whatever the fuck they said he was doing at the time. Um, I think like a writer just spilled coffee on the page of the book and they put it in the trash and they realized that they put it in the trash by accident. And that's what this whole story feels like. So Ghost just feels unnecessary and there's a reason why uh She's never brought up at all, ever, in any conversation, positive or negative, really. So for the sake of apathy, I need to put Ghost and Kill. Um, and I guess the, the Shang-Chi villain will go with fuck. I don't know. Based. I like Tony Lung. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's actually 
really good in the movie. He just didn't have a lot of time when it came to like dialogue and scenes. Like it was a, it's like Mads Mikkelsen all over again. Like there's actually a lot of parallels to me with these two villains. I need to give him credit there though, because at least with Mads, what I can say is that like he didn't do much. Just him being there, there was this kind of he's doing what he can with what he has. Um, and I think that's commendable, if nothing else. I also like the design, like the the makeup and stuff they do around the eyes is is recognizable. It's cool looking. It's something. Yeah. Sweet. So Ghost is killed. Zhu Wenwu is uh, in the fuck category. Kind of. And then uh, we got uh, Cassilius in Mary. It's pretty solid. It's my turn now. Let's see who I got. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got Taskmaster first. Nice. Okay. Adrian Toomes. Uh, aka the vulture from uh homecoming and alexander pierce uh from iron man 3 there he is guy pierce i love how they just made his last name pierce <laughs> uh, yeah i'm going with guy pierce for the mary here um <laughs> there it is i think that uh alexander pierce is an underrated mcu villain i don't think he does a ton um but he's definitely the main threat through the whole movie there's not really anyone else it's not like a bloated movie in terms of villain and he's able to uh yeah i, I really like that this character is like like a uh, competition to tony stark essentially and then uh yeah the vulture i like tombs i like his character i think i'm gonna fuck him because uh, I think I think he he plays a good villain. I like that he's like a, a construction kind of like demolition guy, and he's just in charge of like like cleaning up after the Avengers. And at the end of the day, it's Michael Keaton. Like I'd be a fool to not fuck or marry him. So big big up there. I would not, however, want to be the one dating his daughter. He seems very scary in that scene at the traffic light. <laughs> and then uh, Taskmaster. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna have to kill Taskmaster. It would be a hard task uh to 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 actually execute that character but um i don't know i just don't think the way they handled that character was interesting in the context of the mcu the coolest thing about it was it was like this potential robot slash like masked killer who has like the powers of the avengers that don't have any real powers i thought that was cool but uh, the execution of it was just, oh, we need a, a villain that's a heavy, so that way the fat Martin Scorsese character doesn't get his shit rocked, and that's the only villain. And I really think there could have been a lot more there, and I think it took away from uh, Black Widow, the character's uh, uh, art being the reveal that it was the... Drakov's daughter was really dumb because the one thing that she grieves for in that movie is the fact that she accidentally killed a nine-year-old girl, which would have been really cool to keep, but... Nope, they save her at the end of the day. So, Taskmaster, I'm sorry. You're a disappointment to me. Uh, we're back to you, Alden. Awesome. Oh, shit. You got Kingpin, where uh, apparently Vincent D'Onofrio is reprising his role from the Netflix Daredevil series in the upcoming Hawkeye show. So, this villain hasn't even made an MCU debut yet, but he's here anyway. Kingpin, you also got... Oh, Drakov, speaking of Black Widow. Nice. <laughs> Man, are you going to get three criminal masterminds? Maybe. And there he is, Aldrich Killian. Hmm. Wait, did I mix up? Alexander Pierce is um, the, the Winter Soldier movie. That's uh, Robert Redford's character. And honestly, that's even more based. I'm marrying him anyway. <laughs> Perfect. It all worked out. Now you have Guy Pierce. Sorry about that. All right. Uh... Yeah, Aldrich Killian. That's his name. I had a fucking stroke. <laughs> you saw Pierce. Damn, I forgot the first two. <laughs> Aldrich Killian, uh, Kingpin, 
and uh, Drakov. Okay. Killian or Kingpin are the stronger characters. I'll say I'll marry Killian. All right, based. And then I'll fuck Kingpin. Then I'll kill Drakov. For sure. All right, man. No love for the Black Widow villains here on our list. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if we ever saw Aldrich Killian ever again on screen in the MCU. <laughs> it would be a weird career move for Guy Pierce. That would be wild. Watch him be in like the end credit scene now of like a teaser trailer for like Hawkeye. Bruh. I'm real interested to see if like how they continue using Kingpin. Because he even felt weird as like daredevil progressed because it's like his arc is pretty good at the end of season one and then it's just continued because like vincent d'onofrio do you have nothing better to do you were in a you were in full metal jacket <laughs> and ed wood and now you're under jeremy renner <laughs> Sheesh. I, I don't think they've done Kingpin bad on screen yet. I liked him in uh, the Spider-Verse movie. I think Vincent D'Onofrio was one of the better parts of season one of Daredevil. I agree. And uh, I think uh, Michael Clark Duncan uh, in the uh, Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck is actually one of the best things in that movie. I'm excited to see how they use Kingpin. I don't think he's going to be like a main baddie, but he's probably going to be affiliated with that like team that Julia Louis-Dreyfus character is probably putting together would be my guess maybe but maybe not too he's kind of his own thing so that would be weird to see him team up with like a makeshift antagonistic avengers seeing as how he only really fights when he needs to but yeah he's definitely better than drakov i think i feel like uh if drakov really had as much of an impact in like the world as they imply in black widow i feel like his name should have been dropped like more frequently like he was this like underlying power that was like terrorizing the world and they could never like locate it kind of just felt like tacked on to everything yeah but i think he was a better villain than taskmaster yeah for sure all right josh you ready for round two? Oop! it was agatha all along there she is your next uh mcu villain is the fake mandarin slash uh trevor uh slatery from uh iron man 3 oh man and your final mcu villain of this round is none other than uh, La Fay from uh, the first Thor movie. Huh. I'm killing La Fay. <laughs> Both Agatha and the fake Mandarin, uh, I mean, are just a lot more, uh, just more well-known in this universe when it comes to uh, fans. They're both like surprise villains too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As the biggest Iron Man 3 fan here, I have to put the fake Mandarin in this because I think it was a great twist. And the people who didn't like the twist, I think overreacted to it. Thank you. I thought, I thought it was so funny. It was out of nowhere. I loved it. It was a risk. And that's what the MCU doesn't do anymore is risk. Are we going to pretend that like an actual Mandarin on screen in what year did Iron Man 3 come out? 2013? Uh, The most, possibly the most racist Chinese character of a villain on screen ever. And we were just going to be like, yeah, that's the Mandarin. Bro, his name's his name is the fucking Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I, I won't spoil anything because I haven't seen the movie myself yet. But, uh, yeah, he, he's back. <laughs> he's already on this list, technically. They don't call him that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess that means you're fucking Agatha. Uh, what'd you think of uh, her reveal in uh, the uh, uh, whatever show about WandaVision? Uh, I think the actress herself is very funny. 
I've seen her in other uh, stuff that I've really liked, but... Yeah, I love Katherine Hahn. She's hilarious. I think the series finale of WandaVision was a bit of a bro moment, and even the fans of WandaVision, uh, kind of, some of them kind of agree that the finale was, uh, just a bit of a, eh. And I, that's, that's what I think of when I think of Agatha. I think of that weird finale that was just okay. Yeah, I feel that. Well, uh, it's back to you, Mike. Yes, it is. Your first MCU villain of round two is Dormammu. I've come to bargain. Another Doctor Strange villain. All right. You've also got Hela from uh, Thor 3 Ragnarok. From the not-comedian director, Taika Waititi. (laughs) And you've got Contessa Valentina Algrea de Fontaine, uh, a.k.a. uh, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. (laughs) Or Veep, uh, who is the new uh, Nick Fury for an evil Avengers initiative. (laughs) (laughs) let's figure out what to address first (laughs) yeah let's talk about let's talk about you know fake nick fury first that's fine so i think that is such a lazy idea that could have been fun if it was like done right in the beginning um it like if if there was a theory that oh look we're, we're getting a villain team brought up alongside the avengers like while it was happening at the same time it might have been a cool like early avengers threat kind of a sinister six type situation but it's kind of late now because i don't fucking care who she gets now they already fought like thanos and shit it's gonna feel like d-list villains even if they put a-list villains in there i I guess i guess that i have i had dormammu and uh hella from uh thor ragnarok hella that's Kate blanchett yes I, i think she is great um I think Hela is fun. She has, and this is going to be a similar thing with Dormammu, she has, like, no time to really do anything. Her aesthetic is cool. Her shit with Carl Urban is cool. I forgot Carl Urban was in that movie. She just kind of shows up and just is evil, which I guess is kind of fun. It's a little bit refreshing from, uh, and I'm sure one of you guys will get to her in the future, but from, like, what Marvel tried to pull in Falcon and Winter Soldier with a, a very fake deepness to their characters i kind of appreciate a character it's like no this one's evil dormammu dormammu was like barely in that movie but it has probably my favorite villain face off of any marvel movie because it's interesting it's at least something it's a way different like take on a confrontation with uh with a villain like we haven't seen anything like that the design of dormammu is so cool by that logic though um i think i'm gonna marry dormammu (laughs) nice I'm gonna marry Dormammu. I think I'm gonna fuck Hela, and I think I'm gonna murder uh, Contessa. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. What a mouthful! Sweet. I uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there's still a lot of big villains left. <laughs> this is this is gonna be interesting. Yo, I got Whiplash. All right, all right. One of my sleeper favorite villains of the uh, MCU. Why? <laughs> We all asked that question, Mike. Uh, I also got General Ross. For not Sam Elliott. And my third and uh, final villain for this round is Abomination. Wow, I got uh, I got two Hulk, two Incredible Hulk villains in, in one round. All three uh, Phase 1 villains. Talk about the Incredible Hulk. We'll wait. <laughs> well, I will say General Ross was a uh, pretty like stereotypical hey i'm a military general uh i want to know what banner's making in that lab i want to i want to use that that gamma power for my military type 
uh, character. I don't think he really was uh, as big of an imp- like an importance in that movie as he's later become. Uh, again, we see him bring up the Sokovia records in Civil War. And uh, as interesting as that is and horribly mishandled as it was in the MCU, I don't think that he was the worst choice to bring someone back and kind of... Uh... Yeah, it made a lot of sense. And now he's the Secretary of State in the MCU. Yes, and he's uh, also chasing down uh, Black Widow in Black Widow, which is a scene that I almost forgot about because it's his third appearance in the MCU. And uh, I guess he was trying to charge her for the war crimes of Civil War, following up on those threats that he promised. Therefore, I think he's not really a villain in the typical sense. He's never like going out of his way to strip power away from the Avengers. He's just... Uh, he's just a politician and a general who's doing his best to uh, try to control the superheroes that live within his world. I think that makes him relatively honorable, and I think that William Hurt's a good actor, so I like seeing him in this movie, or in these movies. Uh, I don't really care where his character goes, though. I think Whiplash, on the contrary, is... Uh, pretty underrated. I uh, like that he is this, like... Uh, I believe he's a Russian guy who um, has a lot of lot of like great uh, thinking capacity. I, I know that he's friends with like a lot of doves and stuff, and he's got the same type of mind that Tony Stark does. He's able to recreate the arc reactor. He's able to make those like jump ropes of electricity. And I think that uh, it made him a pretty threatening presence. Uh, I know Alden may or may not be here, but I think that action sequence on the racetrack where they introduce Whiplash as a villain is one of the strongest uh, like early villain face-offs in a movie, as confusing as that scene is. I think that it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I agree. I like watching him slash an entire uh, uh, car in half. It was a cool scene. And Abomination is kind of how I a mix of these two feelings that I have. I think he's probably a weaker element within Hulk, um, but it's Tim frickin' Roth, who is an incredible actor, probably the best actor of these three. And uh, I'm excited to see where the MCU takes him moving forward. He's confirmed to be in the She-Hulk show. He showed up in Shang-Chi. Can you guys give me a brief rundown of what happened with Wong and Abomination in Shang-Chi? Because I still haven't seen it. I guess spoilers, because... Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, They get in the ring, right? Which, can't tell you much about that ring, because that's more spoilers. But uh, they are straight up fighting like wong is in a fight ring with abomination after the fight they wong like takes him through a portal and he's like you should have pulled your punches i guess he's training him to like throw matches i don't know this is not where i thought they'd be taking abomination he's just a jobber (laughs) i guess he has to crawl through a small ass portal it's it's great it doesn't sound as cool as the scene of whiplash slashing cars in half and nearly killing tony stark unarmed so i gotta put whiplash and mary i'm gonna fuck abomination and general ross i think we're probably done seeing him i'd be surprised if he uh makes another go of things uh but you know i don't think he's a bad character i i would like to see more characters like him in the mcu back to you alden with the third and final round let's go you got ronin from Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. You also got racist Captain America, John Walker. Let's go. And your third and final villain for this all, the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes himself. Damn, I'm killing Ronan. Goodbye, Ronan. I'm 
marrying Bucky. Okay. Guess I'm fucking John Walker. I definitely think, uh, especially as a villain, Bucky is just much stronger of a character than especially Ronan, but John Walker too. Yeah, I mean, he's still like a war criminal within the context of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if I'm not mistaken. So he's still got to keep his like head down and stuff. Yep. And then, yeah, John Walker is kind of just a boneless version of uh, the the villain of the boys, in all honesty. Pretty much. Shitty Homelander. Which is rough, because the, the U.S. agent comics are really solid. I feel like there's potential there, but we just haven't seen it yet. They couldn't decide if, he, if they wanted him to be a villain or not, I don't think. Uh, definitely not. I mean, like, they definitely tested the waters both ways. If they just, if they dedicated to... Here's a guy who here's showing why not everybody can be Captain America and he's not really a villain, he's just bad at it. That would be kind of interesting. Uh who's straight up a racist, that would be kind of interesting, I guess, in, in the terms of a story like that. But kind of walking the line like that and dipping your toe into both just makes him boring. Yeah, I feel like you have to go into the history of the character a whole lot more in order to do the latter effective. And I think that's what they do very, very well with Homelander and the boys. And to me, the way that they treat John Walker, although I like Kurt Russell's son as an actor, I think he's got a lot of potential and hopefully they do more with him down the line. Um, I just don't really think they like thought that out or developed it enough for it to really be like one of the things to go to that show for. It's kind of just something that happens in the show and, and his arc is very, very limited in my opinion. I agree. But uh, yeah, Ronan, I mean, come on, it's, it's Blue Loki. Definitely a background threat, even when he was on screen. I mean, Thanos, that was Thanos' first, like, appearance talking as Josh, Josh Brolin as Thanos in the first Guardians. Thought you were going to say Josh Gad. Josh Gad is Thanos. That's a Marvel What If episode that I'd love to see. <laughs> what if Thanos sucked? <laughs> what if Thanos needed the best man for his wedding? <laughs> but once that scene happens you, you don't care about ronin oh definitely not it, it would be like if like you had like a star wars movie and then like hux was the main villain which is cool like i don't have a problem with that like sure that that would be something to do but even within that he doesn't make his presence like known like he's kind of getting clowned on the entire time i'm the spy <laughs> the best scene in rise of skywalker <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, Josh, you're up for your final turn. Uh, you've got Jan Rog. Who? From Captain Marvel. Jude Law? Jude Law's character, yeah. Spoiler alert, Jude Law was a Pixar third act villain in that movie. <laughs> he really was. The Underminer. <laughs> you also got Ulysses Claw. Cool. Okay, okay. And your third and final villain is none other than... Oh, damn. Obadiah Stane from Iron Man, the Iron Monger. Jeff Bridges. This is a little tough. Yeah, I feel like you have uh, three somewhat forgotten about MCU villains right here. So I have Jeff Bridges, Jude Law, and who was the third one? Ulysses Claw, who's played by uh, Mocap Man, Andy Serkis. So I have three actors that I really like. I was thinking they were going to do more with Claw the entire time he was in the MCU. Like, he shows up in Avengers Age of Ultron, and apparently between that scene and the thor scene he has the most amount of deleted footage from that movie damn so there was definitely something that was supposed to happen there and then when he's like a reoccurring villain in uh in black panther i was like oh cool we're finally gonna see more of him and then uh killmonger said psych yeah by the end of captain marvel jude law's character's kind of an idiot and he gets wrecked but by the middle of black panther claw is kind of an idiot and he gets wrecked 
So by that logic, I think Claw's going on the bottom. Wow. Yeah. I think it was much wasted potential. So waste potential that the Jude Law getting wrecked scene was also uh, funnier. Jude Law going in the middle. And yeah, I'll marry Jeff Bridges, Iron Man. Um, good start for an MCU villain, because right after Jeff Bridges, we had like a shriek of mediocre villains. Yeah. Yeah. I think he definitely made his presence known. It doesn't even look like Jeff Bridges. I've never seen him with a bald head. I always assume he's got like <laughs> medium length to long hair ever since the big Lebowski. But no, he's like, I'm going all out for this. I, uh, I like the scenes where he's uh, picking on uh, the kid from a uh, Christmas story uh, and is like, Iron Man built this shit in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a pretty believable villain too. Definitely more grounded than the average. Definitely a strong start to all of this. Mike, you're starting with Mysterio. Oh, Far From Home, your favorite Spider-Man movie, Mike. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a joke. <laughs> I feel like that's no one's favorite Spider-Man movie unless you're like 11. We'll get there. You got Ultron. Okay. Are you getting like the missed potential villains? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> this last four. And Kang the Conqueror from uh, Loki. All right. N Nate's going to have some tough decisions next round. I'm going to get Kang out of the way because I like what he has. Oh? Well, I mean, it feels so much like a part one of five. None of his shit really has any sort of conclusion or any sort of any satisfying piece of it. It just feels like his entire appearance in that show feels like an after credit scene referencing himself and i don't i don't really know how else to explain that that whole last episode of loki just felt like the ex ex exposition episode but it was like the finale i was so confused it's like so focused on setting up these characters for the future like i like i mean it's pretty undoubted that kang is probably going to come back and be a villain again in some form i think they did a good job casting him too Yo, yeah i mean again everything that's there is not bad there's just not enough there in the first place and then uh i'll move on to ultron because that's also going to be quick because i got a lot to say about mysterio <laughs> ultron is fine i think they could have done something really interesting with him and they kind of just made him a very oh look the funny robot man is quipping nice do you think he's gonna get a second chance like some other people are what's the point you already lost tony stark like it's it's kind of too late for him to have any sort of effect because that could have been a really cool relationship that they built up there and then they just didn't. It could have been a really cool a lot of things, and they just didn't. What really bugs me about it is in the comics, old, the idea of Ultron was created by the four greatest minds in the world, Reed Richards, Hank Pym, Tony Stark, and Bruce Banner. And now... It's really cool. And now the MCU has all of those characters, and but we can't, but we can't do Ultron. See, the problem with Ultron is that, like, they had really good foundation, right? Ultron was kind of like a birthday cake that these people put together right and then joss whedon just came and fucking nutted all over it and he just made it an issue <laughs> he cake farted on it <laughs> and it's like if joss whedon just didn't touch it if, if we could i think we just need someone to follow around joss whedon and like yell at him and squirt him with a bottle of water every time he try to write tries to write a dumb fucking quip into any serious scene not that i don't like quips i do joss whedon the kind of guy to write a quip at a child's funeral as a writer i feel like he's just a boneless aaron sorkin because like the way sorkin writes his characters is they're all like extremely like quippy they all pretty much read like they know exactly like they have the best possible read on the situation they know everything and then i feel like with with whedon it's just like all right they know everything but they want you to know that they know everything and it's just like the banter just feels forced after 45 minutes of 
of Iron Man and Bruce Banner having pissing contests two movies in a row. And then, and then, so, okay, Mysterio. Mysterio's plan makes no fucking sense, all right? (laughs) (laughs) What was he gonna do once he got into the Avengers? I have no idea. I never thought of that. Wouldn't the plan make more sense if he just stole the Iron Spider suit and then he'd have Spider-Man powers? He has this whole plan to sneak, to somehow convince the world and sneak into the Avengers that is instantly broken up the minute that, that he runs into Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange says, what the fuck are you doing? And just looks at him for more than two seconds. And and every time Mysterio needs to commit like any sort of heroic action, it needs to be planned like months in advance from what we've seen there's no part two there's no part two to this if it was money and fame okay sure but that isn't what it is and he could have just gotten money and fame by like using the stark tech that he had i don't know i don't know i don't know i think it's fucking stupid i think it's dumb that we got two uh spider-man villains in a row whose entire thing is just stealing stark's technology if you just take the same setup, the same whatever, and you made it so Mysterio just wanted to be uh, wanted to be famous, so he made himself a comically over-the-top supervillain, that's fun as fuck. That's so much more fun. It's literally what probably Bruce Campbell's character was going to be in the Spider-Man 4 movie. T- to be fair, nothing Mysterio does in the movie besides the plan not making sense is that bad, and I like a lot of his scene. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Great actor. We all do. I have to kill Mysterio just because of how fucking, like, I could talk as much shit on Ultron as I want, but I, I'm not, like, fucking seething about Ultron. I am. I don't, like, think about Ultron anymore. Like, every once in a while, I'll just be, I'll be at work, and I'll be like, oh, Mysterio, what the fuck? And I'll just get mad. So Mysterio's dying, Ultron is getting fucked, I guess, but probably also, you know, he... He's barely getting fucked. He's getting... He's a flashlight. (laughs) You're not calling him back in the morning. No, no. Kang, I guess Kang's gonna get married, but I mean, that's just because Kang has not made me upset. Not yet. Not yet. Kang is an arranged marriage. Let's hope we don't go back to this how many years later and end up on poorly aged thing, so. So where's the last three going? Right, we do have three more here, and I'm gonna... There are three very important ones. I'm going to preface with I'm not killing Justin Hammer, so if that's what you're <laughs> wanting me to do. My last three are Thanos, Ego, and Justin Hammer. These are like my top three. Sam Rockwell brings a lot uh, to Iron Man 2, which is a movie that I've said again and again is one of the most underrated in the MCU. I think it's better than the first Iron Man. The conversation between uh, Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 is uh, one that we've had before. Check out our MCU ranking. I somehow found a way to win that argument. It, I feel like it's it's the only Iron Man movie that feels like it's Iron Man doing what Iron Man does, being a fucking dickhead and having a lot of powers and a lot of villains. I think Justin Hammer is really cool. I think we're probably going to see more from him too. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Rockwell came back to the MCU, even if it's for uh, something as as small as a uh, joke appearance in uh like hawkeye or something like that he's probably coming back in that armor war show it only makes sense to bring hammer back they never really conclude what he does and we know that he has the pat or he has a patent for a uh ripoff of the arc reactor so he's probably going to be pivotal and uh he's going to be important he's going to be pivotal to the plot of that of that show uh, I probably won't be watching it, but, you know, if he's there, maybe I'll tune in. And uh, between Ego and Thanos, this gets tricky. Uh, anyone who knows me knows this show. I'm a sucker for father-son arcs. 
And I think that a false promise of a uh, father character for Peter Quill is uh, very interesting. I really enjoy the scenes of uh, Ego explaining how he's uh, plotted the whole, like, universe and has his whole plan. And essentially, he's he's a god, kind of like Odin. Um, but he only has control of what he creates in terms of his planet and where he plants um, seeds of cancerous flowers, I guess. I don't know. It's a little confusing, but I like Ego. I like Kurt Russell. I think that he's a big step up as a villain uh, from the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But there, there's a little bit more to be desired. I feel like we never really see him as a full-on villain. We just see him uh, kill Peter Quill's mother, and that's about it. If there's a turning point there. I think it would have been cool to see him more fleshed out and not kind of do the Pixar third-act villain type thing there. Now, Thanos is another tricky one. I do really like the arc between him and his daughters. Um, I don't really think he's as good in endgame as he is a serious threat to the avengers probably the first actual serious threat to the avengers that we see in infinity war thanos is a, is a touchy subject because i think in scenes and at times he's perfect it's exactly what i'd want to see with thanos on the big screen i like that they rewrite the character and retcon the character in a way to not be like he is in the comics i think they uh they add a little bit more depth to him by not making him like literally obsessed with like death as a as a deity and being a giant simp but his plan also doesn't really make that much sense i mean if he has all the power of the universe or whatever of all the infinity stones he could do anything to he could just double the amount of resources instead of killing half the population but it's clear that um he just doesn't think that well and uh it, it comes to show when the avengers are able to defeat the uh guardians of the galaxy version of himself in uh endgame i don't think we'll ever see any more of thanos although he's the only like serious long-term threat the uh mcu's been able to set up in my opinion i think by this logic and fighting within myself i've already established that i'm not killing justin hammer which is what i think the sensible thing to do is I'm going to kill uh, Ego. Damn. Uh, just because there's not enough there for me to really warrant him uh, uh, making it high on this list. I am excited to see if Justin Hammer makes a return. And I think he steals scene after scene in Iron Man 2. So uh, I guess that means I'm marrying Thanos. But it's uh, it's only because Justin Hammer doesn't do enough to warrant marriage. And uh, uh, Ego just really isn't a true like villain in my eyes. He kills one person and the uh, Guardians turn on him. Which, I mean, rightfully so. They should. He's, uh, he's kind of like big tobacco lobbyists where he gave someone's mom cancer so you have the right to be upset with them but if, if it were Yondu who's kind of like an antagonist in the first movie but then gets a full redemption arc in the second Guardians movie then I would be like yes absolutely but it's it's ego we only get about 30 minutes of screen time with the guy and I don't think he's ever really threatening so uh Thanos is getting married uh, or well that, that's the end of of ranking them into their separate categories but in the kill category the bottom of the barrel we've got Malekith Yellow Jacket, Ghost, Taskmaster, Dracov, uh, Lofay, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, General Ross, Ronan, Ulysses Claw, Mysterio, and Ego. In the fuck category, we've got Killmonger, Loki, Zhu Wenwu, The Vulture, uh, Kingpin, Agatha, Hela, Abomination, John Walker, Jan Rog, Ultron, and Justin Hammer. And then in the Mary category, we've got Zemo, Red Skull, 
uh, Casilius, Alexander Pierce, Aldrich Killian, Trevor Slattery, slash the Mandarin, uh, Dormammu, Whiplash, Winter Soldier, Ironmonger, Kang the Conqueror, and Thanos. Let's start with the uh, bottom of the barrel, the kills. Who's the worst MCU villain? So it's the Thor of the Dark World villain, right? Malekith? <laughs> um... I feel like he's the definition of what's been the problem with MCU villains. According to Collider.com, Marvel villains ranked from worst to best. Whiplash is the worst uh, Marvel villain. Whoa, fuck off. I definitely don't agree with that. I think Ronan the Conqueror is worse. Because I would rather a bad villain than a completely non-existent one that feels like he's in the back. Yeah. But at least Ronan made an impact. Like, he showed up again in Captain Marvel. Like, at least he's part of a bigger threat. While, like, this dude from Thor the Dark World, like... But the fact that you can sneak a main villain of a movie into the background and have people be like, oh shit, that's Ronan. It's like, that's how little of an impact he left that you're able to just sneak him in the background somewhere. I don't know. I've never considered him a threat at all. They beat him by fucking dancing. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Tell me one personality trait of Ronan the Conqueror, besides he likes conquering things. He's a masochist. I didn't know he was a conqueror. I thought his name was just Ronan. It's Ronan the Conqueror, yeah. Wait, so they got Ronan the Conqueror and Kang the Conqueror? We're, we're running out of names. Ronan's just like a like a boneless general. Um, like, he's he's a part of a greater cause. I, I think he's portray it as a semi like he's he's a threat level for the guardians which are a ragtag group of like like misfits so it makes sense for them to not have like at least they're not directly trying to fight thanos in this movie no but there was a genuine threat that he was this guy was thanos's like first in command true he was going to destroy the universe yeah like that he it was literally a universe ending threat i literally don't even know what malekith does in <laughs> thor dark world though like i literally can't even remember him i'd rather have someone who had potential and then didn't uh than someone who uh like i literally can't remember and i watched thor dark world right before our mcu ranking like a little over a year ago i think i should be able to remember one thing that he does <laughs> oh yeah so did i He's, uh, the actor's, uh, one of the Doctor Who actors, right? Mm-hmm. Nice doctor, yeah. But Space uh, George Washington versus, uh, Blue Loki, I mean... Space George Washington versus Space Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> My heart's with Space Andrew Jackson. I don't know. I, I fucking hate Ronan. I also just don't care about either of the thor villains we're fighting a lot about this so i'm just gonna say malachis should go fair do we want ronin next uh i don't have a problem with it kind of yeah ronin the barbarian all right that means we've got uh yellow jacket ghost taskmaster drakov uh lofe contessa valentina allegra de fontaine uh general ross ulysses claw mysterio and ego left i'd be down for uh the villain of thor one lafe or uh mysterio here i think they're both equally gigantic disappointments and i think lofe has like a total of seven minutes of screen time in thor i think he should go i believe i've made my piece already yeah i think mysterio at least is like memorable i, I mean i'm fine with that mike really sold me on mysterio being one of the worst mcu villains i really like that uh that take that was one of the best duel of the takes rants we've had in a while 
I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Mysterio is just a big missed opportunity. I, Mysterio in the comics is either hit or miss of being actually powerful or being someone who's reliant on some sort of technology or being a puppet of a larger scheme. We have to we have to send this to Nick right after recording. <laughs> okay, I'll put it in Legacy General. <laughs> I feel like I would care a lot more about the consequences of those movies if the villains were, like, even just hella levels of threatening of, like, hey, we've taken over Asgard and, you know your people are mine now like if hella was the villain in thor the dark world that would have made a lot more sense of like now thor and loki have to like team up after differences in the first avengers like that could have created a much better arc so yeah i guess uh la fe there at three who's standing out as like an actually like horrible villain to you guys that's left taskmaster ghost Yo, Yellow Jacket's a meme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why Yellow Jacket needs to go higher. He turns a dude into a into fucking goo. <laughs> go alone. Buzz Aldrin turns into an evil Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate him. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he's like that low. I just think the amount of missed potential with Taskmaster is the only thing that's, like, really disappointing. But even then, like, what are we going to do with a character like Taskmaster anyway? They're at best the heavy of one movie. I don't... And, like, same with Ghost. He took the only interesting thing about Taskmaster and took it away from the character. Uh, what would you do with Taskmaster, Mike, if you were uh, in charge of the MCU? If you were Kevin Feige, what would you do with Taskmaster? Well, there's a lot of characters who seem to rely a lot on technology and very base power excuse me mr feige when's the fantastic four movie <laughs> put taskmaster in a uh in the spider-man movie fuck it why not i i mean that or put him in a i would love to see an avengers movie that wasn't as big stakes and just to take smaller avengers like ignore doctor strange or ignore scarlet witch and take who's left we might have that soon but it's not gonna be taskmaster that's about it i, I just think I just think they're severely limiting Taskmaster by only letting the character mimic uh, characters who have no powers going on. I agree. It nerfs the shit out of the character. It's Taskmaster is just evil Legolas from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but Alden, I want to hear from you why Ghost should go next. You seem to have a problem with uh, this character. I, I don't have like too much of a problem with the character. I really like this movie more than probably all of you. But she just doesn't. Is Nick here? she doesn't have anything memorable there's nothing going on like it's a sob story of a villain and nothing is really done about it uh josh are you on team ghost going down next or is there another character that you're thinking about i'm fine with that unless mike's got something to to combat that not really <laughs> that's fine so uh the first ant-man or the Ant-Man villain from Ant-Man 2, but the first one to be placed on this list is going at 31. I wouldn't be opposed to Yellow Jacket going here, just like I was saying, but again, the more I think about it, that character's kind of a giant meme. Uh, I like at the beginning of the movie where he's he's trying to get like on the good graces of everyone at, at the at the lab and like uh he's like trying to kiss up to Hank Pym and he's like, yo, he's like the best, but then he's like actually trying to like plot his demise. He, he's he's really just like a, like a ladder climber, like uh, thinks he's like next in line to take over and maybe someday become Ant-Man. And then he's like, psych, we're going to shrink a bunch of things and I'm going to uh, just steal the suit and, and fight this guy myself. Um, Yellow Jacket feels like a villain from a early 2000 superhero movie. Absolutely. But I, I really like the final fight with Yellow Jacket. 
I think it's fun. Yeah, it's a good set piece. I like how they shrink down and they're on like the little train set and stuff. And that's fun. There are characters I like on this list less. Another one I could see maybe going is uh, General Ross or potentially Drakov. I think they both kind of are like set up to be bigger threats than they are. I, I, I'm kind of twisted. Those are the bottom three left in my mind. Is there anyone that uh, we feel strongly about going next? No. Ross, dress for less it is. <laughs> I don't think we've seen enough from Valentina to really warrant her... Um, really like even making this list or qualifying i think that her like next big thing is coming in that hawkeye show you know b-list c-list villains we've set up and and see what they can do in terms of i don't know uh anti anti-avenging devenging revengers revengers or claw is also like kind of like yeah missed potential but i think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that the mcu didn't really know what they wanted to do with him i feel like claw should go in second as well so it sounds like uh maybe either drakov yellow jacket or valentina next uh i'm leaning towards drakov personally yeah i agree drakov you're going to number 29 i have more fun with yellow jacket than i have had with valentina thus far so i i'd kind of i think Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine has made it an impact on us, but not one to warrant being in the uh, upper echelon of the absolute bottom tier characters that we have. Seinfeld theme blares. Yeah. Then we're going to go uh, Yellow Jacket, as, uh, as established. A lot of fun to be had, but really, you know, not the strongest character ever written. And then uh, Claw, kind of similar thing. A lot of missed potential. I think... One of the things that rubs me the wrong way is, you know, you've got Andy Serkis and he's not doing mocap. It's like, it feels miscast almost. I believe him as the character, especially in Black Panther. When he gets a little bit more screen time, he's just kind of like, uh, I'm going to be like an arms dealer and, and no pun intended. Would have been cool to see him in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I guess he was dead by that point. I'm glad Ego made the top 25. And there he is, Ego, at the top of our kill tier. Now we've got the ones we fucked. Killmonger, Loki, Zhu Wenwu, The Vulture, Kingpin, Agatha, Hela, Abomination, John Walker, Jan Rog, Ultron, and Justin Hammer. Jan Rog should be at the bottom, right? Yeah, Jan Rog's going at the bottom. The fact that Jan Rog is currently above Ego is fucking sickening. I <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love so much about this one is like you can kind of tell just by looking at the list where the division lines are from uh, each each category. Bro, I got Doctor Strange villains in the Mary tier. <laughs> <laughs> I think another villain that's standing out in this category is like, eh, did did they really need to be here? I'm kind of feeling Abomination. I know there's more happening with this character eventually, but man, from what I've seen in the MCU, this character's rough. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Abomination. I, there's That one's really sticking out. All right. And then we've got uh, Killmonger, Loki, Zhu Wenwu, The Vulture, Kingpin, Agatha, Hela, John Walker, Ultron, and Justin Hammer. I don't like Agatha or Ultron. I think it's Ultron. Because, like, Agatha might show up in, like, a Doctor Strange sequel or something. Ultron's done. I think so, too. Is Agatha next, then? I, I feel like I still haven't seen um uh shang chi but I, I i don't know if the payoff with zu wenwu is any good honestly the main character's father so that's interesting you know me i'm a sucker for father son arcs i think you'll actually really like him nate because <laughs> it's a pretty strong father son arc again yeah dang 
Well, I personally like Justin Hammer more than Agatha. I don't know if you guys are starting to think he's looking a little high. I think, again, we talked about the kind of missed opportunities with John Walker, uh, but I do think he has some of the more entertaining scenes in that show, so I don't necessarily think he needs to be at the bottom. I feel like Agatha, like revealing her as the villain, just didn't really do anything for that show. I, I could be wrong. All spoilers, but uh, Walker making his own suit fucking cool as shit <laughs> yeah even though it was garbage i loved it oh completely but it was cool as fuck. like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah john walker's like uh and it's well acted too we we kind of yeah he's trying we kind of screwed over his father earlier but wyatt russell uh brings a really good performance i think yeah i agree my problem's definitely not with wyatt russell it's just the, the the script and like the lack of commitment one way or the other with the character but i think again it's another one of those we're probably going to see again in some of these other uh, Disney Plus shows. I'm pretty sure it's Agatha. I agree. Sorry, Agatha. Actually, I don't apologize to Agatha. I ap- apologize to Catherine Hahn. I'm, I'm happy you got your big break in the MCU, but I'm excited to see what you do next. Mostly being funny. <laughs> I think it's either Kingpin or Hela here. Yeah, again, Kingpin, it's kind of hard to even compare because we haven't seen his MCU debut, but within the context of the Daredevil show, if that's going to be canon now, I, I mean... He's a pretty high-stakes character, but like Mike said, he becomes less... Yeah, but if we're talking Daredevil season, like, if we're counting that, he is one of the best-written villains in the entirety of the MCU if we're counting Daredevil season. I think we have to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we don't know if it's canon with him or not, but... Well, never mind. Hella goes next. Yeah. <laughs> Hell is a good like threat for that movie, but I don't feel like it's her movie by any means. You know, it's not like one of those cases where the villain steals the show. She just steals the kingdom. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I think her use is like pretty funny. Yeah, I think she, she's she's competent as like a, a third act. Like, oh, we got to save the day now after dicking around in Jeff Goldblum's like Thunderdome for an hour. Yeah. How about John Walker next? I don't hate that. What number are we on? We are at number 20. This would be the bottom of the top 20. Yeah, I think top 20 John Walker fits pretty well. Yeah, I I agree. The other one that I'm thinking uh, from what I've seen uh, is the Vulture. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not, but I did not really believe any of the like action sequences with this character i like the motivation and i like the setup but again i just don't think we saw the payoff maybe we will down the line but who who really knows he's in morbius oh yeah jeez i forgot about that freaking movie that's in the mcu too i i guess like vulture's in it so i guess it has to be right so are the venom movies yeah that means it's all canon Wait, where's Riz Ahmed on this list then? Where's evil Elon Musk? <laughs> Somewhere around number 33, for sure. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, right <laughs> right around Taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'm cool with uh i'm cool with john walker here that makes sense all right is justin hammer going next or is there is there more love for him than uh even i have all right this is where things get spicy okay loki i agree he's a bad villain yeah this is a list of mcu villains yeah i agree yeah comparing him to these other villains um i like all these other villains arcs more than loki all of these other villains, even Justin Hammer, was more threatening to the person they're going after 
than what Loki did. Bro, Justin Hammer had to use Whiplash to be a villain. Yeah, exactly. Smart dude. Yeah, and he's he's like a arms dealer. I mean, he's not a he's not like a gonna throw on a uh, a giant mech suit and fight. Like we already got that with Obadiah with the 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 Iron Monger that we're gonna see later. Yeah, but he's not like an Avengers level threat like Loki was. Loki had to get an army of aliens, which Rocket said is the worst army in the universe to fight the Avengers. His only movie where he is a villain from beginning to end is seen as a joke in that universe now that is pathetic um i will say though he is a decent like reoccurring threat i mean even if he's being a trickster like he's supposed to be he's barely a trickster half the time in thor ragnarok he's pretty much like <laughs> i mean he disguises himself as odin for like an entire movie and then he dupes the audience by disguising himself as matt damon <laughs> He wasn't Odin until the very end of Thor the Dark World, and then just in the first, like, two minutes of Ragnarok. True. And it just turns into a comedic gag. Everything Loki- everything set up by Loki just turns into a comedic gag. I don't know, he- he's, like, a bit character at this point, whenever he's a- And that's not knocking the show or anything, but, I mean, he's clearly a protagonist in that show, so I don't think that show's in conversation right now. He's- no, that's not villain- territory he, he loses pretty much all merit as a villain after avengers um and like yeah he single-handedly tries to kill thanos which is low-key brave key brave <laughs> i see what you did there that's his last name <laughs> <laughs> all right cool uh i'm between kingpin justin hammer and vulture next uh again haven't seen shang chi so i don't know if i can really weigh in on zoo uh i think he's like at this level, but I'm pretty sure he still stands above Justin Hammer. Unfortunately, this might be where Justin Hammer goes, but honestly, I... Top 18's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I just, we haven't seen much from him. In one movie, he's like, uh, yeah, he's just a, a tool. He's an evil Tony Stark. What I don't like about Vulture is that he's technically an Iron Man villain stuck in a Spider-Man movie, though. At least Justin Hammer's in an Iron Man movie. What I do like about Vulture, though, is, um... Again, like the setup, like I totally buy the, 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 the additional world building that we get in the opening scene of Homecoming where, you know, he's picking up the scraps of the Avengers and turning it into something useful. I think that that's really cool. I like his design, too. I think they did a good job of not just making it look like an old man in a bird suit, which is what I was scared about after Birdman with uh, <laughs> with the vulture and Michael Keaton and all this it just seemed a little too self-referential. But with that being said, can the vulture go next? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, have not seen Shang-Chi, but if you're saying I might like it, uh, that'd be pretty big, because I haven't liked a Marvel villain since Thanos. I mean, that was only, like, two or three years ago. Yeah, but uh, we've had five TV shows, uh, you know, four movies, and a partridge in a pear tree since. Yeah. And I don't like him in Endgame, so... <laughs> five contents a year is just a regular year for Marvel at this point. Yeah, it's too much for me. So the last three of the fuck tier, we've got Killmonger, Zhu Wenwu, and Kingpin. I think Killmonger's personally the strongest. Like, in terms of a character, I buy his motivation. I, I think he kind of deserves to be at the top. I've seen him at the top of, like, whole lists like this. He's number one on Collider's list of best Marvel villains. Yeah, I agree. Killmonger should be on top of this. Um, Why am I agreeing with Collider? <laughs> doesn't happen often. I think... Kingpin is better than Kill. 
Killmonger. They have the same motivations, more or less. And Killmonger shit. Like, okay, say what you want about King Quinn. We're talking like physical character interactions. Um, are we? I think we're really leaving out that Killmonger's arc ends it with him in just a literally slightly off-color Black Panther suit. True. That is a problem with like MCU too, because that happened in the first Iron Man also. But it's way worse. It's so much worse in Black Panther than it is in virtually any other movie. I, you cannot fucking tell the fight like at all what is going on. You cannot tell the two characters apart. Yeah, that part with the magnet trains and they're in, like, the core, it's rough. Yeah, it's some of the worst CGI I've seen in a blockbuster in a while. From that, and based on the fact that, like, I would say everything else about the characters are relatively comparable. Um, I wouldn't say, like, Kingpin's fight with Daredevil is stick, but it's not bad. So based on that, I, I would give it to All right, and what about Zug, uh, or Chu Wenwu, whatever his name is? Do we think that he's... Uh better villain than killmonger i know it's got a father-son arc and i'm a sucker for those but uh does does he pose as much of a threat to the livelihood of the main character and the order of the world uh as killmonger in black panther so what i like about shang chi is how it it does kind of have that world threat that you see in a lot of mcu movies which i don't like but at the same time it's so grounded in the story it's trying to tell with shang chi's father that i've the more I've thought about this movie since I've seen it, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again actually because I really want to see uh how this arc a second time viewing it hits me because uh just this the character works um it's it's hard to explain without you seeing the movie but it at first you're like why does Shang Chi like still like care about like his father at all. Because he just comes off as, like, a huge asshole. The more is revealed throughout the movie and, like, how the father feels. The father... The movie tackles, like, a lot of themes of, like, loss and uh, what that could do to a person mentally. Um, It's it's a really good villain arc, and Shang-Chi is better than what I think it is the more that I talk about the movie out loud. But my question was, better than Killmonger? better than kingpin (laughs) i don't think he's better than killmonger i think his threat is greater but not as strong then i i think it goes when we and then we can have this killmonger kingpin debate i i do genuinely agree with mike's take um i think part of that too has to do with like overall screen time i mean killmonger is the main villain of of black panther but i mean kingpin had like a whole season and I mean, and then some bonus of being the main antagonist of a, of a show. So in terms of like that, it's like, okay, well, if Killmonger was the main villain of a, of a show, I think we probably would have seen uh, maybe a little bit better encounters. Uh, I do like the little art museum heist and stuff like that. And Oh, yeah. That's his best part of the movie. I think both uh, Killmonger and um, Shang-Chi's father both needed more screen time. And that's that's kind of I wish Killmonger had a little bit more screen time. I wish he was the villain for the entire movie, and we didn't have like Andy Serkis running around pretending to be the main villain for the first act. I do really like the uh, first face-off though between T'Challa and Killmonger though at the waterfall to see who's going to be the true king of Wakanda, and and he gets his fair and equal challenge, uh, where you know 
T'Challa has to humble himself and remove the the Black Panther uh, like serum or whatever it is the 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 flower uh, from his from his soul, and uh, they have an even fight and he straight up demolishes uh, uh, T'Challa and I think that that's really cool. I, I like that he goes as far as throwing him off the waterfall. Uh, like that part is is the same level of threatening as I think the Kingpin versus Daredevil fight. Now I do think the greater payoff later with the suits. I a hundred percent agree with Mike is kind of cheap and just feels kind of tacked on but then after that we do get a really deep like personal moment between the two of them as they're watching his last sunset in Wakanda and in a way I feel like if Killmonger didn't die there we'd probably see the thing where it's like oh he's like somewhat redeemed and we're gonna see him be like uh uh over with the fans like anti-hero but no he actually passes there and I think that that was actually one of the best decisions they made was you know he uh he challenged the king a second time and lost and i uh i personally think that that's the best scene in the movie and uh i wish we got something similar to that for luke skywalker's passing in uh last jedi but i'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) i personally think killmonger belongs above kingpin too but kingpin's a close second for this tier in my opinion i just don't really like anything with kingpin beyond the first season of that show i I do think it's cool that he's getting a second chance though here in the mcu uh who knows what that role is gonna look like I agree. I think this is the right order. So we are out of fuck tier and moving right along to Mary. The top 13 Marvel villains. Here they are. We've got Zemo, Red Skull, Cassilius, uh, Alexander Pierce, Aldrich Killian, Trevor Slattery slash the Mandalorian, Dormammu, Whiplash, <laughs> Winter Soldier, Ironmonger, Kang the Conqueror, and Thanos. So, Mike, <laughs> you were very vocal about Whiplash earlier. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's cool. he feels like uh he feels like a mini boss in a 2005 video game that's what i want out of a super villain at least in this universe i agree the racetrack scene is cool i just think it's weird to feel strongly about whiplash (laughs) in either way (laughs) i i I don't have much to say about that i will have you know that i will stay arguing for mandarin though hard good i think dormammu goes what no i think dormammu is better than um and uh, Cassilius. Wait, which one's Cassilius? Cassilius is Mads Mikkelsen. He's barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I, it, I think he, I think he's going right here. That's an easy place. I another character that I am kind of considering is Aldrich Killian in our recent uh, MCU draft battle. We talked about although he is a threat within the context of the movie, it's really only because Iron Man is stripped away of his suits and of his power. And uh, I mean. The dude literally gets knocked upside the head by a pole at the end of the movie, and that's it. Like, <laughs> he's stopped so easily that a single Avenger or a single hero could come in and save the day, but the only one who was aware of the issue was in, like, Omaha, Nebraska, or wherever Iron Man got casted away to, and hanging out with some kid in a garage for half the movie. I think it only fits well if Kill- if Aldrich Killian's going here, uh, the fake Mandarin goes right next to him. Sheesh. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I could see it. Well, how do we feel about Iron Monger? Is is that a completely like strong villain? Like I No. When it comes to Iron Man villains, Iron Monger and Whiplash would be lower for ranking Iron Man villains for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm gonna make the case then that Whiplash is definitively a better Iron Man villain than Iron Monger. I agree. Yes. Whiplash is a character that is pulled out of a different part of the world and is meant to challenge Tony Stark. And he does so and succeeds initially. And I think that that's really cool. I like the deal that he's making with Justin Hammer to kind of like hang out in this airport hangar and craft something interesting. <laughs> and I think Iron Monger as a as like a corporate suit guy in a suit villain works. But the moment he throws on the actual Iron Monger suit, I'm like, this is just kind of cheesy. It was the first MCU movie. You're not going to get a, a good fight, but I think it's almost as bad as the Killmonger or T'Challa fights seen on the magnetic trains interesting because i think when they go to space when he doesn't know the the freezing problem i think it's a funny gag how would you deal with the icing problem but i i'm fine with that because aesthetically wise i think whiplash is cooler so are we seriously about to place four uh, <laughs> <laughs> four iron man villains in a row and up next is uh, gonna be uh whiplash yes yeah i don't want whiplash that low what? You also like Whiplash? Yes. Alright, tell me about the character depth of Whiplash, Alden. Whiplash is an actual, like, competition to, uh, Tony Stark. Justin Hammer literally had to find this guy to be able to do anything to Tony. Didn't Jeff Bridges build an Iron Man suit the movie before? And did what with it? They had a single fight in it and he flew too high. What did Whiplash do? He did the same thing. He was in a big suit at the end and they fought. It took two Iron Mans to beat him, though. Whiplash was able to take on Tony Stark on his own without Justin Hammer's, like, money and resources. He only used the suits and had to retrofit the suits, not even, like, working along with Justin Hammer. Like, Justin Hammer wanted him to make drones. This dude wanted to make suits. But okay, what makes Whiplash better than potentially the Winter Soldier, uh, Dormammu... I'm saying he's the best of the Iron Man villains at the very least. Dormammu, to me, is just, like, a threat in the background. I never actually cared about him. Which is probably why I don't care about Doctor Strange too, too much. I think Dormammu, ha unfortunately, falls into the same kind of trap that, like, Ronan does, where it's like, yeah, we've established that he's a, a, present, a presence and a fear, but the way that he's, like, defeated or, I guess, outsmarted is, like, played off as a, as a joke. Yeah. It's funny and it works well and it's it's a different take on it. And I agree with Josh. The design of Dormammu is really good. Like, that's what I really wanted to see anyway. But yeah, no, I just... I, it, not enough screen time to really warrant this character being in the top 10 for me. I just like villains with actual arcs and that's what Altered Killian has. Yes, is it Syndrome? Yeah, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kid. I work alone. <laughs> I think we can put Dormammu here as a buffer so we don't have four Iron Man villains in a row. That's fine. He he had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did. Top 11's no no threat. He, he beat out uh, well-established villains, and uh, it's a good, good scene. Probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So going back to ranking these Iron Man villains, uh, Trevor, the weakest of these three? Because it seems to be a case for no. all... Okay. <laughs> What's the case for uh, Trevor Slattery slash the quote-unquote Mandalorian? British man funny. That's it. That's the whole case. I do like that it leans into the uh, Ben Kingsley-like controversy as an actor, where he's just a British guy who, like, is racially ambiguous enough that he's played... He's had a career of playing, like, other nationalities, and I feel like that that's really something that's 
a little bit like self-aware within Iron Man 3 of like, oh, he's literally just an actor and he's like farting and shit. Like it's <laughs> it's a good gag. It really is. I don't know if it's like I, I could see why people were upset about it. But honestly, I didn't want to see the Mandarin on screen anyway. No, I this was a perfect execution if they were going to do it. Yeah, either either Aldrich or Whiplash is going next. Uh, <laughs> I like Whiplash better than Killian. So do I. And I do. Sorry, Josh. Iron Man 3 getting cucked once again on this show. Hey, man, you just shouldn't have been wiped out by Pepper Potts. And a pole to the back of the head. He wasn't the muscle. Wasn't he? He did have firepower. He made Don Cheadle really sweaty. He did do that, yeah. Well, I guess Whiplash goes next. He got as high as I wanted him to, unless anyone else has a case for him going higher than number nine. I feel like that's very generous, seeing as how Collider put him at 30. God. <laughs> I think we proved our point. <laughs> Duel the Takes is better than Collider. Well, yes. How strongly do we feel about Kang? I don't. You're not wrong. I don't know enough about him. I feel like there's plenty of potential there, but seeing as like a lot of other people on this list uh, in theory had potential i'm not sure what's gonna happen kang literally messed up an entire timeline that's a, definitely a bigger impact than whatever whiplash did in iron man 2 i mean bigger impact sure but we have like a ton of villains already placed that had bigger impacts than the mandarin true but this is now we're in the best of the best well the best of the best is trevor slattery i agree yeah well it looks like trevor slattery is going higher than i anticipated i feel like kang has yet to even really get started i mean i know he creates like a little hiccup in the timeline but they resolve that but we're gonna see more of this character maybe in a different form down the line whereas whiplash he achieves his goal he really is just like a mid-card villain he he is in theory the biggest threat within the movie but he's kind of also just surface level, you know, uh, a heavy more or less for all the crap that Hammer's doing behind the scenes. And when he goes his own way and goes rogue with power and tries to take Iron Man on and he's trying to get his revenge for the death of his father that he blames on the Stark family, there's a little bit of depth there, but not the most fleshed out arc ever. And the payoff isn't incredibly great. I think his introduction is what's so strong and why I like him and not holistically what we see from him later and that might end up being the case with kang too again we just don't know where that character is going i don't know it's a toss-up for me i'm not like confident to place kang higher based on potential all right cool kang can go here at nine and then uh anyone have a problem with whiplash at eight i mean i do but i don't think i'm swaying people okay well left we have four captain america villains <laughs> trevor slattery the the, the quote-unquote mandarin and thanos so, uh, <laughs> no, please entertain us. Why is Whiplash better than all of these villains? I mean, this dude, like, not out of a cave, but out of definitely a shit place, built the whips and then went to fight Tony Stark and almost won. True. And that's Tony with all of his resources, and that's Whiplash with a bird. Yeah, I uh, I think with the villains that are left, Zemo, Red Skull, Alexander Pierce, the, the quote-unquote Mandarin, Whiplash, Winter Soldier, and Thanos, I still think we're down between these last two Iron Man villains for, for placement. I think Alexander Pierce could go here. <laughs> I was thinking that because he's like, he, he has a place and he's very threatening, but he is just a dude. Like, I get he's played by a legendary actor, but he's just kind of there in Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to represent, like, the, the most senior member of, uh, of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever that was working for HYDRA all along and goes to kind of shake uh, Captain America at his core because 
he initially looks up to the character, the scene where they're like shaking hands and he, he like likes him. He's like, oh, this is like my boss in a way. And and what we learn from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is not to trust establishments. And that's what Captain America learns by this man uh, betraying everything that he pretended to stand for. I agree that that's not the most strong villain. And obviously Winter Soldier is the better villain of that movie. But his actions and his decisions and the overthrowing of, of Hydra to S.H.I.E.L.D. is really like a pivotal like point in the character development of Captain America. And I think he complements the hero of that movie better than most of these other villains. Even Red Skull, which I think could go here, doesn't... Um, really attribute much to the development of captain america sure he's a threat and sure he's the like the the face to the the problems going on in 1940s germany apparently according to this universe but he's not like he and captain america share literally one scene together and captain america just knows to stop him there's not any conflict there's not any like uh, reason for him to stop Red Skull, then he's the bad guy of this movie. And I think Hugo Weaving does a very good job with the character, but it's not like he's the main conflict of the movie. The conflict is the things that are going on. Like, uh, the, the fact that there's a world war, and then the, this guy just happens to be hijacking it with a Tesseract and laser rifles. But as the head of Hydra, he not only after he wasn't a part of the universe anymore, his impact has still left the MCU to this day. I mean, uh, what's-her-name from Seinfeld is literally works for Hydra. Uh, Red Skull's impact on the MCU is still going on and will forever go on. Even him at the Soul Stone, like Red Skull has become such a prominent figure in the MCU, and I wish we saw him as an antagonist more in other movies, but uh, I I think there absolutely was an impact by him, though. That's fair. I, I guess I guess the case being made, then, is that, like, Red Skull actually impacted the, like, world of the MCU more than, than I, I guess he did in the context of that movie. So I, I buy that. Again, I think, come on, the Mandarin and Whiplash can go here. (laughs) (laughs) But not Pierce? Yeah, but not Pierce. Sure, yeah, (laughs) why not? Alexander Pierce. I feel bad earlier for mixing him up with Guy Pierce's character, but I do have a lot of love for Alexander Pierce. I think he uh, honestly was was a very, very good reveal villain, and the MCU doesn't have too many good executions of a reveal villain. Alexander Pierce, number eight. Okay. Josh, is Red Skull better than Whiplash? Yes. I don't know. Red Skull kind of sucks. Not gonna lie. I mean, like, I'm I'm, I'm interjecting here because I can take it no longer. Red Skull sucks. I'm sorry. Yes. No. I think the threat of Hydra is definitely like a big pro to him being a villain. But Hydra on the list. We're putting Red. Skull. Yeah. Hydra. Hydra is separate from Red Skull at this point. What? Like, dude fell into a void and was gone for how many movies? Red Skull's literal mad scientist buddy there was ingrated into a computer. That was all Red Skull. Yeah, that scene's dope as fuck, by the way. That's one of my favorite scenes in Winter Soldier. (laughs) If we're ranking Killian separate from Whiplash, we we can't put, you know, Red Skull's goons along with him. It's part of Red Skull, though. That's why he didn't need such a connection to Captain America, because he kept creating threats for Captain America, so Captain America wouldn't have to face him. And when Red Skull finally went up against Captain America, he may have lost the fight, but Captain America had to crash that ship, and he was frozen for 80 years, or however long it was. Well, I think the two most powerful agents of Hydra, or rather people that used what Red Skull set up 
whether by design or not, are left on this list. I, I think Red Skull himself definitely planted a lot of those seeds, and uh, it took people like Zemo, Alexander Pierce, and even the Winter Soldier, even though he didn't want to, to execute those things that he had set up. So I, th- I think we're why is Zemo still why is Zemo still on this list? One, he's part of the, one of the most overrated MCU movies. Two, uh, Zemo I forget's in that fucking movie half the time. I think he's the best part of that movie. I agree. Sure, he's the best part of that movie, but you forget that part even existed. I definitely don't. The part where he drowns the guys in the guy in Cleveland is the most memorable scene in that movie to me. Yeah. Feel like nobody would agree with that statement. No, I almost do. That scene and then his scene with Black Panther at the end of the movie, those are the best parts of the movie. Like the Zemo scenes are legitimately the best part. Zemo as a character is very strong. Sure, but they're not, I wouldn't say they're memorable. When somebody's number one movie is Civil War, they don't go, oh my god, Zemo. (laughs) Speak for I mean, they definitely would now. No, they definitely wouldn't now. He puts on that iconic purple mask for like two seconds in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, I think it's the best Disney Plus show, but I'm not going to praise it like it's this great, like, feed-in superhero. I'm not going to compare fucking Zemo to Heath Ledger's Joker or anything. Zemo's not that good. He doesn't belong in the top five. (laughs) Then place him. That's what I'm trying to do. Then do it. Who here would rather see Zemo placed than Red Skull? Red Skull's already at seven, I thought. Okay, okay, yeah. Red Skull's done at seven. Okay, cool. So Zemo at six? Sure whiplash is going into the top five the the quote-unquote fake out mandarins going into the top five yeah yeah cool zemo number six josh bringing the passion here into the top five can we get him off of this list please which one are we getting off the list can we get whiplash off of this list now yeah does alden have an argument for it i mean i can throw him up against thanos but only thanos and endgame oh well yeah i mean yeah but thanos endgame is like number 29 on this list <laughs> yeah no thanos infinity war is strong so i i can't i can't whiplash can go at five okay here it is the top three <laughs> mcu villains the weakest here is trevor slattery right or are we are we are we putting him o- over the winter soldier and or thanos uh, well i think thanos existing in game as weak as he is that says a lot okay okay can we put the mandarin here so i can have a debate between the two fine just have the debate now no. Well, I want Winter Soldier at three. Have the debate. We talked about, like, MCU, like, uh, impact. Uh, people are still pissed at Winter Soldier to this day. I, uh, what I really don't like about Winter Soldier is, I mean, the fact that he's really not a villain. All the villainous deeds that he does is the fact that he's, like, brainwashed by, uh, Hydra agents and then manipulated by other players. The Wakanda technology was able to unscramble his brain, but he has to deal with the repercussions of the things that he did. And I think that that part's interesting. He's he's a well-established anti-hero, even though it's by design, he should just be a hero. I, I really like Bucky in the first Captain America. I think they set him up well. I think he might be one of the best set up uh, villains in the entire MCU. So... Uh, even though by design i don't think he is a villain in the way that they handle him in the mo- in this franchise he, he truly is and uh, i could see him being number one not number three i don't know this is this is getting tricky is it can't believe we'd be putting thanos at number one but the more i'm looking at this it, it only makes sense but then yeah trevor slattery's still here somehow maybe the best marvel villain's literally a joke i i could i could agree with mike i'm torn 
Thanos is pretty bad in Endgame. There was so much hype leading up to Infinity War, and in that movie, honestly, Thanos delivered for me. I don't think it was, like, the best movie ever by any means. I think it was, like, number eight on my Marvel list. But I do think he presents an actual threat, and the fact that he wins at the end of the movie, it's the only time we actually see the Avengers uh, in peril. But we never really see major characters from the Avengers in peril until Thanos shows up and kicks everyone's ass. I agree. I, I think... Winter Soldier is the worst out of these three. Two of you guys think that, and it's confusing me. Yeah, bit aside, I don't agree. I think I think Winter Soldier is better than Thanos. I... I think Thanos, even in Endgame, like, he still is a threat. He's not even close to the same level of a threat because he doesn't have all the stones, technically. You could put Thanos at three if I... If you guarantee Winter Soldier is at one. I will guarantee Winter Soldier at one. Shake my hand. I like how Thanos, uh, at, at the beginning of Endgame, the good Thanos, the one from Infinity War, just like pulls a green knight and just kneels so that uh, <laughs> Thor can cut off his head. Like, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It, he doesn't really even try to put up a fight. He's done. He's He did the thing that he wanted to do, and he did it. And I think going off of that, that Thanos in Endgame... I think it adds to him as a villain. He achieved what he wanted to do. And I, I I think Thanos could win this whole thing at this point. Because I really don't think that Winter Soldier is even a villain. He's a villain in one movie, and it's not even by his choice. I got back on the... I also think it's based that he killed Stark's family members. Winter Soldier is based for killing Stark's. Yes. Winter Soldier says eat the rich. True, I agree. Back on the Winter Soldier, like, I guess, fan train when I rewatched the Winter Soldier... Uh, recently going back to the marvel that marvel movie is interesting because i always had like this long opinion that it's just every marvel movie is just another marvel movie but then i rewatched winter soldier and i'm like no this is legit a really well-directed uh action movie both main characters and steve rogers and bucky barnes i really cared about at the end of winter soldier like you want like bucky to remember in that and then like as you learn of all these terrible things bucky was forced to do i think it creates a great dynamic don't get me wrong thanos also has a really good dynamic in infinity war it happens he won i think that was like an impressive thing to do as a villain of course um then Endgame happens, he's got his big CGI army I don't care about, um, the Winter Soldier's more grounded, um, it just maybe the stakes aren't as big as Thanos's, but the emotion I think's a little more prevalent in the Winter Soldier than, say, by the time, uh, Thanos is snapped away in Endgame, you don't, you don't care. You're, you're more paying attention to the sacrifice that Iron Man made more than Thanos being defeated. All right. And why is Trevor the Mandarin better than both of them? You know? Oh, I do know. Yeah, I agree. Fucks. He's the only Marvel villain on this list so far that fucks. <laughs> well, you have a point. The Mandarin gets laid and, and Bucky and Thanos don't. I'm just saying. Yeah, Thanos is single and has two adopted daughters, right? Yeah. He's also scared of uh, of repopulating due to the fact that the universe already has too much of a population, and the fact of bringing in new life scares him, so he would never uh, uh, re procreate or even attempt to. He's too scared. He saw his dick and screamed. <laughs> he doesn't trust his own pullout game, and I respect that. Thanos should have used his, like, snap wish to wish for, like, I don't know, a condom. <laughs> <laughs>
that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, we're, we're putting the quote-unquote Mandarin here, and now we're continuing this debate. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's a good reveal, and I do think it's funny, but uh, I don't think it's genuinely a threat. It's just a decoy. It's it's a literal punchline. Now, between Winter Soldier and Thanos, my I've already kind of said it, but my biggest problem with Winter Soldier is he's actually, like, not a villain. Like... He's just, he's pretty much a mindless robot when he gets in the killing sprees. There's no motivation. Now, if there was like a dual personality thing where he turned, it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, a Hulk thing, if you will, where he is cognitive and has memory of, of doing the bad, doing the bad. He doesn't, he just, uh, he, he, he's either a sleeper agent or he's, uh, turned on into a killing machine and is, uh, punching the face of, uh, Tony Stark's father in, which again but a villain with no like uh mentally like has no moral like high ground and he's just doing what he's told could be a lot scarier than like thanos where he's like ah, i kind of care in terms of like a, a big villain like thanos i think they do it well i mean I, I know in endgame yeah and what you were saying especially about his death scene is kind of a bra moment it you're right it is all about shining a light onto iron man and his heroic sacrifice that we saw coming from miles away and not about the death of this long-term threat to these characters. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of conflicted between these two. I think the better movies come from Winter Soldier, uh, but Civil War is also a bro moment. But Bucky as a character is way stronger than Thanos as a character. But again, this is a villain list. Bucky is a strong character, but a weak, all things considered. But Bucky's a stronger character in more than one movie, unlike Thanos. I don't think Bucky's ever really a bad character, even in the worst movies. His, I mean, his arc. He goes through his arc. I, I agree. Man, this is tough. I would say I would say Thanos over Bucky. These are two actors I really like, also. <laughs> Me too. One might be Luke Skywalker. Josh Brolin's gonna play Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a weird choice. I don't know. I favor winter soldier but you might be right on the stronger villainous thanos i also favor winter soldier but it's just i don't know he's very like manchurian Canada, and that's fine i mean it's entertaining but he's interesting because of what he does not who he is the stronger part of winter soldier being a villain is when he's no longer a villain and can recount his entire time being brainwashed like that sucks but that's not him being a villain at that point I would argue that Thanos is kind of more of the trope of being interesting for the things he does and not who he is as a character. Yeah. I mean, simply put, I mean, the only reason he's even being talked about right now is because he does win. He's the villain who wins in his movie. And more or less, Winter Soldier wins in his movie, too. I mean, there's no resolution there, and he's still off in the wild as as this untamable sleeper soldier. I guess Thanos's backstory too, I guess, is also maybe a little more predictable. I mean, Doctor Strange literally goes, "Let me guess, you're home," and he goes into his spiel, and then he never really mentions Titan again, which I found really weird. Yeah, no, his backstory is lame. His planet fell apart, and it was uh, it was painful, and it sucked. And then he's like, "Yep, I'm on this goal now. I'm on this mission." And the only really like development we see from him is the way he interacts with his daughters and again those are scenes that i like when, when he sacrifices gamora in uh in uh to get the soul stone in infinity war you kind of realize that you know this is what he's doing he has to he has to make his own sacrifices to even be the person he wants to be 
to make the but again his his character isn't really anything other than this bad thing happened to me and now i'm going to do these things whereas bucky he's best friends with the leader of the avengers and he he like uh like captain america was frozen and then only awoken to do certain tasks and i think like the, the contrast there is really interesting and yeah, he doesn't even get defeated in the first movie he's established as a villain. It takes another less good movie for him to really uh, be not a, a cold-blooded killer. So I'm kind of siding with Josh now that the Winter Soldier might be better than Thanos. I think we're making the right choice. Yeah, I'm still on Winter Soldier's side. Well, here it is. The uh, official Duel of the Takes list of the top 36 MCU villains. Number 36, Malekith. Number 35, Ronin. 34, Mysterio. 33, Lofay. 32, Taskmaster. 31, Ghost. 30, General Ross. 29, Drakov. 28, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. 27, Yellow Jacket. 26, Ulysses Claw. 25, Ego. 24, Yon Rog. 23, Abomination. 22, Ultron. 21, Agatha. 20, Hela. 19, John Walker, 18, Loki, 17, Justin Hammer, 16, The Vulture, 15, Zhu Wenwu, 14, Kingpen, 13, Killmonger, 12, Cassilius, 11, Ironmonger, 10, Dormammu, 9, Aldrich Killian, 8, Kang the Conqueror, 7, Alexander Pierce, 6, Red Skull, 5, Zemo, 4, Whiplash, 3, uh, the man, the Mandarin, uh, Trevor Slattery, two, Thanos, and number one, the Winter Soldier. What a list! What a list indeed. Mike, what was it like being on an episode of Duel of the Takes? You know, I'm just still seething about Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> You're not seething about Whiplash at four, bro. He cut a car in half. <laughs> true. He cut two cars in half. It's true. That was half of their argument. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten Mandarin all the way up to three. <laughs> Josh, you said you had a uh, a question for the panel as a as a closing thought for today's episode. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it doesn't really have anything to do with the MCU, but I was watching uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone the other day with Grace. Sorry to hear that. It was, I guess, a remastered edition. It was called Magical Movie Mode. What? And throughout the film, it just came out for like the 20th anniversary. And throughout the film, uh, like Chris Columbus pops up and he talks about uh, the scenes or whatever. And uh, there's other stuff around it. Um, I mean, if you're a big Harry Potter fan, it's cool. Like, Jory would love it. But I noticed Christopher Columbus, uh, during the Quidditch um, scene, he popped up and said like, you know, someday I want to remaster all of the CGI uh, put in 3D and IMAX and all that. And it got me thinking where I was like, what movies like from that era, one, would you want to see something like that? Not only for Sorcerer's Stone, but movies from that era that has like uh, old CGI. And if you do want to see that, what movies do you think would work with something like that? Do you want a hot take? Uh-oh. Sure. Uh, it's a little, it's a few years after, but... I'm thinking Spider-Man 3. You've got Venom and Sandman that I'd like to see remastered in modern CGI. I don't know. I think Sandman still looks pretty good. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. I mean, that's just because it can be a big blob and it still works. The suit being ripped off also looks good. That's true. You know what? I take that back. Spider-Man 3 is still great. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't think you should remaster CG. Interesting. Why is that? Well, because where's the line? Because five years from now, they're going to want something else. And then you're going to just keep remastering the same shit. True. I, I like to see into the tech and, and the world that we had at the time. You know, I, I like to go back and watch a movie from like... Well, I'm not saying the old movie disappears forever. But because I, I like... Okay, if I want if I want to go back and watch like an 80s slasher, I want to see how they did these kills practically. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking like re-rendering certain scenes. Like even Black Panther, like that final fight scene or maybe x-men uh, apocalypse or whatever because re-watching the quidditch scene like it's rough if you want to re-release that in imax you're gonna have to redo it even avatar i would be fine if they re-rendered some scenes i'm just using that as, like of the most exaggerative example i could those are objectively cool like i like the practicality of a scene like that um but i think cooler than that we get to see what you can kind of imagine what it was like in the creation process and that goes for shitty cgi like the like uh the scorpion king mummy movie or you're right you're right even if they did remaster the cg for something like that uh you know the original would still exist but then from my own personal enjoyment of a film i can't foresee myself ever seeking out the new one other than watching once and saying oh that's kind of interesting and then i would never touch it again. i would want all versions to like be available the the only one i guess i could seriously get behind that i that's coming to mind right now is probably like if they remastered avatar after the fifth one allegedly comes out because then they'll all be on like a level playing field in terms of cg that's fair i guess yeah i uh i am kind of with mike in which i would rather not see this happen but i think it's actually kind of more inevitable than we even think uh i mean especially with this rise in streaming uh i don't actually think we're gonna see the original versions of the movies again unfortunately i mean disney's already started to patch like distracting visual effects issues in their shows they've they've already re-rendered scenes and then just uploaded them to the streaming service like I think with the death of physical media, we're going to see a, a rise in the preservation of like bland and forgettable content. So in that world that we live in, I do think that there's a couple of movies from that era that are genuine masterpieces and could use uh, a little bit of touching up like uh, Christopher Columber is suggesting in The Sorcerer's Stone. I think there's a lot of questionable CGI in that movie. Uh, and I think the Quidditch scene is probably the most distracting. Um, one thing that kind of hurt my most recent rewatch of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which uh, if you know me, all of those movies are a five out of five for me. I think the fact that they were able to take Tolkien's work and make it three, two and a half hour, three hour long epics works so incredibly well. I think the casting you won't be able to replicate. I, I think there's so much about that movie that is perfect. But especially in Fellowship of the Ring, there's some like kind of almost laughably bad CGI. And Peter Jackson's an incredible artist known for his practical effects and all the practical effects, whether it be the forced perspective or a lot of the explosions and stuff like that in the movies being done for real. Uh, the the cloned armies in the second and third movie and a lot of the stuff with the uh, the disability uh, powers from the ring in the first movie don't work very well. And as long as the original versions are preserved, which it doesn't sound like is going to be a thing, I wouldn't mind that being done because, I get, again, I think the Lord of the Rings movies are going to be timeless. I, I think there's definitely isms to their editing style and their, their presentation, the music, for example, um, like the original songs in the movie that kind of make it a product of the early 2000s. But the only thing that I can think that makes it a product of the early 2000s 
uh, in a bad way is some of those visual effects. So I think that would be an example. Another one that I could see happening uh, that I wouldn't necessarily disagree with just on the premise of who's doing it is uh, if uh, the people over at LucasArts decided to fix the prequels. I mean, I think that is something that would make sense because the thing that makes the prequels really cheesy besides the dialogue and the acting is the fact that it was so ambitious with its use of practical effects. I would go and see an IMAX re-release of of uh, Phantom Menace with the visual effects being redone to match the pro- the quality of the times. Because I agree. That's already one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And if you could make uh, those environments look more realistic, I don't even care about the characters that are CGI. They look fine. They they were made to look a certain way and they, they hold up pretty well. It's mostly just the CG environments and things like that that I wouldn't mind seeing touched up. But yeah, I, that, those are my thoughts for for those. I like Alden's idea too with Avatar. Is I mean, now that we're getting the sequels finally, supposedly, allegedly. I mean, who knows if that's actually happening? Yeah, they're like a decade away. <laughs> uh, c- catching that first one up to speed with the rendering engine, the the textures and stuff that we have now a decade later it would be cool. But again, I also think Avatar visually, the 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 spectacle stuff in that movie holds up better than the more practical use of visual effects in um like the lord of the rings like peter jackson only used visual effects because he had to for the sake of budget otherwise that movie would have cost like 400 million dollars like each of those movies would have cost way 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 more um and uh, that's the kind of cgi that i wouldn't mind being fixed the stuff that's in, in like crucial to the plot is is devastating like i would not want to see blade runner the original redone with special effects like updated visual effects and things absolutely not that would be absolutely terrible i think uh some movies just do it like right where it it is become a little timeless like uh i mentioned it before in the pirates of the caribbean movies uh davy jones as a whole i don't think he he would ever need to be like there is no need to re-render that the way they lit that character in that it's it's perfect they 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 wouldn't they they wouldn't need to change anything they did a great job with that character sweet I think that was a solid question to, to throw out there. Good good job, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that about does it for today. There's some Thursday night football going on. Uh, thank you, Mike, for joining us. And uh, we got to plug M2J2 Project. Whenever you guys put out content, it rocks. Uh, one question I have for you. What's your favorite thing about the Mortal Kombat lore? Because I'm also a huge Mortal Kombat fan. And when you did your like lore series or, or start of that, I thought it was really interesting. And I, I wonder uh, what your favorite a- attributes of that are. And what do you want to see in this new Mortal Kombat franchise? All right. Uh, well, um, I want to see more Cyrax and Sector. Hell yes. Because they get it all the time. Were you a fan of the movie that came out this year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got its issues, but... Uh, I can't say I didn't get hype as shit. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun movie. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wish we saw more of, like, Shang Tsung. I'm just, I'm waiting till we get, like, I don't know. I hope they do something nutty. I hope we get, like, Raikou or something. Yeah. It sounds like the sequel, maybe it'll actually be the tournament, which I'm very excited for, because that means so many more characters. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
I want to see um new Cybot in the sequel. Hell yeah. No, I, I definitely think the the robot ninjas are all underrated. I wouldn't mind seeing Cyber Sub-Zero, Cyrax, Sector. The, they, those were my favorite characters in Mortal Kombat 3 when they were introduced. So They're cool as hell. Bring them back. Like, we, we kind of need them. Just to shake it up. Especially Cyrax. Cyrax is the best of them. Yeah, he is. Well, sweet. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And woo! Marvel villains uh, forever. True.